All right, quiz time, John. Uh-oh, I didn't study. Uh, well, you worked at a Ford slash Lincoln slash whatever dealership, or at least former Ford. Yeah, former. Former. Yep. And you were the parts guy there for a long time. Eh, parts, uh, mostly service. Okay, so let me ask you. I'm not looking up a Toyota water pump gasket. They pulled that on me at AutoZone. <laughs> no I toy- mean, big box parts store. No, no Toyotas this episode. <laughs> Sorry, PG Outdoors. We are going to be talking Fords right now. And so, John, I need you to tell me how many different engines were available in the Ford Super Duty from its introduction from 1999 to now. Oh, man, I couldn't even, I don't know, 25. No, you know what, 23 and a half. Yeah, you know, you're really close. <laughs> you are you are really close there. Uh, I actually thought that you were going to say a lot less than that. No. Oh. Uh, because most people, when they talk about the Ford Super Duty, or if they talk about the Excursion, like I'm a big Excursion fan, they will bring up four to six engines. Okay. They'll bring up the legendary 7.3 diesel. They'll bring up the 6-liter diesel, which we're going to talk about. They bring up the 6.4, the 6.7 diesels that replaced it, and then the V10, and then the 5.4 gas or V8. But what a lot of people don't realize is there have been a ton more engines in the Ford Super Duty Hmm. from 99 to now. And I was thinking... You know, online you see all those times, those those stupid posts that are like best or worst ranked, you know, worst to best uh, engines or cars or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, I was thinking, and I did a bunch of research, and I pulled stuff from my own noggin, and a lot of this comes from my own personal opinions, so disclaimer there. (laughs) But I was thinking about um, rating, and I want to do it from worst to best. I want to do it the I'm best to worst. I'm sorry, I had that reversed. I want to do it from the very best to the very worst of the engines available in the ford super duty i like it you like that yeah let's talk about these okie dokie sounds good to me it's time to hit the trail lock in those hubs and throw it into low range because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. Okay, so let's take just a second to kind of define a Super Duty and our parameters of what we're talking about here. It's when you got to stop in the bathroom and it's just you've been waiting all day and... Well, that Super counts. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, let's talk about what the Super Duty is not to start out with. Okay. Now, I had already said the Ford Super Duty, 99 to now. And that's because that's when, in 1999, the Ford Super Duty, as a truck, was introduced. Now, a couple of years prior to that, the commercial class what would be kind of considered the F450. They did throw a badge on it for two or three years that said Super Duty, but it was kind of a submodel. Okay. But the Super Duty itself includes from 99 to today the F250, the F350, the F450, the F550, and then the F650 and the F750 medium duties. What about the 850? I don't think there is an 850 anymore. I think that was discontinued. Oh. So I think it only goes up to 750. Uh, and so 
you're talking about all of these. So you're talking about basically your your heavy duty trucks that a lot of our listeners might use as tow rigs. Then you're talking about the 450s, 550s. You gotta have a 750 total little side by side. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you just have to do that. It's like (laughs) wrong to not. Exactly. So then, then you're talking about the 455 50s that are like your 10 lug, you know, because everything else is the eight lug up to that. Mm-hmm. And then you go up to your, your big trucks that are the 650 750s, which have the big fiberglass front end on them. Mm-hmm. And they're a commercial duty Not truck. Not a fire to fiberglass. No, <laughs> I, I get you. I get you. But, um, so we are talking about those, not the F-150. All of the Super Duties were specifically designed to uh, be separate from the F-150 line. And very few parts do interchange with the F-150 versus all the Super Duties, where gotcha. a lot of stuff interchanges. Pretty much all the body parts do. Nice. All sorts of other things. I like that about any platform. That's awesome. Well, for sure. And uh, I think it was Peterson's four-wheel and off-road a number of years ago actually compared the Super Duty platform to the hammer. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of different hammers the, out there, but they kind of all do the same thing. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you mean like an actual like hitting nails hammer? Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like it, they just... I've got some... one of those. It's a Craftsman. It's adjustable. It's got that little dial on the front that opens the jaws bigger or smaller. Oh, wrench. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> I use that as a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, where did Ford Super Duty name come from? Ford actually used the Super Duty name originally from a series of engines that they produced for their industrial trucks only (laughs) uh, from 1958 to 1981. They were called the Super Duty engines, and they were a big block V8 that was only available in like the F700, F800 trucks, and they were the 401-477-534 big block engine family, some of the biggest gas V8s that Ford ever produced. But um, they called those the Super Duty engines, but they were not a Super Duty truck. They were just gotcha. they were just the engines. So that's why I want to kind of like talk, say, just give those an honorable mention. Yeah. And because I know you always like the oddball stuff. Yes. And you're a boat guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, this was a side note that I figured out when I was looking at it. the The biggest one they ever produced, the 534 big block V8. Ooh. They, there was a company called Seamaster Marine that took the 534 V8 starting in the late 50s and marinized it and turned Ooh. it into a boat engine with their top of the line model being a twin turbocharged oh. 534 big block V8 that you could get of Seamaster Marine. I've never seen one. That had to crank some power. They were, they were uh, um, basically almost like a diesel. They were, uh, they were a high torque um, low RPM engine. So like a workboat engine. Yeah, basically. Nice. Uh, but they weighed 1,300 pounds <laughs> per engine. Big ol' engine. Big ol' <laughs> engine. Oh, buddy. Um, so maybe that'd be a cool thing to swap into a hot rod or another truck or something someday, or even that to have in a boat. That would be interesting, yeah. Um, but so that's the Super Duty Series engines. And then also not to be confused with the Pontiac Super Duties. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? So, in 1961, Pontiac started a race engine series Hmm. for NASCAR and other forms of racing they were getting involved in. And they called their special engines the Super Duty engines. Those were the 421 big block. um, And they were being produced at the same time that Ford was using the Super Duty name for their engines. So, it's kind of confusing that in the 60s, you could get a Ford Super Duty engine and you could get a Pontiac Super Duty engine. Huh. So those are all super duty engines, but what we're talking about today is the most reliable engines available 
in a Ford Super Duty. I like it. So we're talking about the Ford Super Duty. It came out in 1999. Um, and it came out with a bunch of different engines. And so we're going to kind of get right into this. And just said, wanted to give those disclaimers that, you know, this is not a Pontiac. We're not talking about those <laughs> giant. We might do an episode if we have enough people out there that are saying, uh, hey, I've got a Ford Big Job. That's what those trucks were called back in the 60s and 70s. That's awesome. It, they, I got a Ford <laughs> Big Job, and I really want a lot of technical specifications on the 534 or the 477. Maybe we can do that someday. That'd be cool. Um, but, uh, you know, that's something else I wanted to mention is I know you like horsepower, torque numbers, yes. all that, this and that. Not getting into that in this one. We're specifically fine, only talking fine, about fine. reliability here. <laughs> We're only talking about reliability. Well, that's a good thing, too. Because all of these engines are not comparable in horsepower and torque numbers. They're all over the board. So can we compare reliability to the HO Jeep 4.0? <laughs> no comparison. <laughs> all no right, com- yeah, Maybe we can talk better. about next episode better. or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So here, here we go. And I think that we're going to have some of our listeners that are going to love me, hate me for all of this. And um, like I said, I did a lot of research and a lot of these I already knew about. There was a couple I didn't know a lot about. I had to do a lot of research on because mm-hmm. that's another thing. The U.S. got about half the engines that were produced for the Ford Super Duty series. And other engines were used in the Ford Super Duty series around the world. Hmm. And this is all it's inclusive. It's interesting how that happens. It is. It, it's always just surprised me seeing... I can't even think of an example now. Never mind. <laughs> We're going to talk about every single engine ever offered from the factory in a Ford Super Duty worldwide. I like it. And we're going to talk about the reliability. So, going down this, I did this in a place type thing. First place, second place, third place prizes. And okay. I started really researching and, and, like I said, digging into my mechanical history and things like that. First place, we had a tie. Oh. Um, in the Ford Super Duty, we have had two engines that have been incredibly reliable. Now, the 6.0. <laughs> no. no, we're not there yet on the list. Uh, what would you think the most reliable engine in the Ford Super Duty would ever be? Of the ones I know of, I'd have to go with the 7.3 first and foremost. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Okay, you're right. The Ford 7.3 Power Stroke is actually not even a Ford engine. It is an international engine. It was produced by... I recall that from the one episode. Yeah, it was produced by International Navistar for Ford. Ford put a couple of their parts on it, but it was specifically an international engine. Now, the 7.3, I would say... We're we're talking here, folks. Remember, we're not talking power. We're not talking um, fuel mileage. We're not talking about any of that stuff. What we're talking about is reliability. Um, The 7.3 has the world record currently for the most light-duty trucks worldwide that have gone over a million miles. So <laughs> you got to give them that. that. Oh, for sure. So that's the reliability. They're the reliability king. So they're the first-place winner. But they have a close second-place champ. And I would say that, in, or I mean, it's a close first-place tie. And this is one where I'm, I'm betting that you're not going to guess it. 6-8? No, a pretty good guess, but no, the 4VT Cummins. Oh, wait, they put those in those? Yes, in Brazil Ew. in Brazil only, you could get a ah. 4VT Cummins cool. from the factory in a Ford Super Duty. Oh, that's awesome. So, 
you know, people wonder why the B-Series Cummins swap so easily into the Ford Super Duty. Yeah. It's because you could get the, the, the engine, the frame, the firewall was all designed That's to take a awesome. B-Series Cummins. So the 4BT Cummins was available there. Now, the 4BT Cummins... Uh, anyone who knows Cummins and, and history, the 4BT is a shortened version of the 6BT Cummins. It's got two cylinders off it. It's 3.9. Yeah, so why wouldn't they just do a 6BT in that more power? We're going to get to that. Oh. Um, but the 4BT was available from the factory in Brazil, and it was in the uh, F250 only, I believe. But it was, like I said, it was in there in the early days. It's, it's not available anymore, but you could get the 4BT in the Ford Super Duty. Hmm. Now, the B-Series Cummins... And the 4BT, they were put into, in the U.S., you got um, the Frito-Lay box trucks and things like that. They got the 4BT, and many of those had 400, 500,000 miles on them. Uh, I was not able to get any hard numbers as to how long they're lasting in a Ford Super Duty down in Brazil. But it's the same engine that we get here. It's the same 4BT, and it's got that legendary Cummins b-series reliability so that's why it's a tie and of the two the 7.3 there's more of them out there than there is the 4bt nice. you know everyone knows about the 7.3 most people don't know as yourself that we got the 4bt in the yeah. ford super Duty. that's awesome so now we're gonna go to the second place got any guesses on this one hmm. i'm gonna tell you it's a tie again we got another tie second place tie i i I don't know all the ones that are there, to be perfectly honest. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to guess whatever that, that V10 gasser is that they put in a lot of those things. So you're close. You're talking gas. You're not talking the V10 yet. No. Um, if you really talk about the reliability factor of things, there's two gas engines that have been available in the Ford Super Duty um, in various years. And the second place tie is going to go to the brand new, as of 2020, the 7.3 gas Godzilla motor, they call it. Uh-huh. So <laughs> in this Ford Super Duty now, all the way up from the 250 all the way up to the 750, you can now get the new 7.3 as of 2020, last year. Huh. You can get the 7.3 Godzilla motor. I think I'd have to do that just because of the name. That's awesome. Now, it's an all-new engine. And so we don't have any that have a million miles on them yet. But after digging and digging and digging into Ford forums and all sorts of other things, trying to, I was like, what are the common problems? What are people in the first year or two? Because they've been on the road now for two years because, you know, 2019 model year. What are people having problems with with the 7.3? Only complaint, only complaint is fuel mileage is not what they would expect. It's 460 something cubic inches. What do you, or 444 <laughs> cubic inches? It's, it's a, a big, big block Viet in a big want? truck. <laughs> it's a 10, 11 mile gallon motor, but yeah. no one is reporting any sort of reliability issues with Yet. it. There's a number of them uh, in U Haul trucks, other things nice. that have five, you know, 50, 60,000 miles on them already. And yet, like you said, we may see this one. Um, you know, may have problems at the 100,000-mile mark, yeah. might have problems at the 200,000-mile mark. But usually if you have an engine that comes out from the factory and it's and it ends up being a lemon engine or problematic, you start, quick on. you start seeing them. So the Godzilla seems to be a pretty good motor so far. Um, but that's another reason that had to have a tie. On the tie on the second place, we're going to give it to the 6.2 Boss Gas V8 that came out in 2011. Hmm. Now, that is... Uh, a continuation of the Ford Mod Motor series. But unlike the early Mod Motors, we're going to talk about in a minute and some of the problems with them, the 6.2 V8 
really the only problem that they're reporting, and there's a number of them now that are in the 300,000 mile range because they've been out for 10 years already. Yeah. Um, the only thing that is that about 100,000 miles, a lot of people are reporting a high oil consumption, as in bringing, you know, burning two to three quarts between oil changes. But that's, that's not, a not re- that bad. <laughs> but it's not a reliability issue. It doesn't yeah. set you on the side of the road. Yeah. It's a serviceability issue, or not even a serviceability. It's a, you know, it's a consumables. Yeah. But they're not breaking down because of it. But they are reporting oil consumption issues. But I was not able to find anybody else that said, oh, yeah, we're having water pump failure or we're having whatever failure or intake or whatever the case may be. Not getting any of that with the 6.2. The 6.2 seems to be a pretty solid motor. Hmm. So that's why it's our second place winner. Um, and uh, so, you know, Godzilla and 6.2. So two, the two second places, first place are diesels. Second places are both gas engines. Now, and I know I keep saying motors and engines interchangeably. I know that a lot of people, <laughs> they have... Uh, uh, you know, motor is, they say, is electric. Motor is an electric. Yeah. Engine is a combustion base. I'm an old hot rod guy, so, <laughs> hey, screw you, forgive me, you know, whatever. It's, it's like it where is. I work, people saying clip and magazine. Exactly. Oh. With, with the gun thing. Oh. Yeah, I know. It, it nails on a chalkboard to some people, but. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. All right, man. Uh, third place. Third place um, is another diesel. You got any guess on the diesels on this one? Uh, I'm, I'm done guessing. <laughs> You're done guessing. You're done guessing. Okay. Huh? We got to talk about the 2011 and newer 6.7 Power Stroke. I was going to say 6.8, but... <laughs> You're getting close, It's man. on the list. You're getting close, yeah. Um, now, the 6.7 Power Stroke uh, has had some problems. Uh, it, not a lot, though. Most of the problems with the 6.7 Power Stroke have revolved around... Um, the emissions equipment that's choked onto it because of EPA standards now. Uh, we can remove that. Well, and that's the thing. You know, <laughs> it's it's not legal in 50 states anymore to delete anything. As Whelan, we're not saying that you should do that. No, no, of course not. Off-road only. Um, of course not. Because we're an off-road podcast. It'd be bad for the environment. Bad Don't for do the it. environment, exactly. <laughs> um, deleted 6.7s seem to not really have a lot of problems, except, and this is the reason they're down in the third place, I am uh, knowledgeable and familiar that a number of them around the 180 to 200,000 mile mark are starting to have turbocharger failure. Mm. Uh, They've had some, and I don't know if it's on all of them or what, but there's been a lot of the impellers going bad. It's not a catastrophic failure for the engine, but the bearings are going bad. The the impellers are starting to get chewed up and things. So they definitely had a little bit of a turbo issue. Yeah. I don't know what's causing it either. You said about 70 to 80,000? No, about 180 to 200,000 miles. Oh, so that's why okay. it's still the third place because it's not like it's happening soon. Yeah. It's, you know, in the old days, a 200,000 mile vehicle was completely worn out. Yeah. <laughs> but a diesel shouldn't be worn out at 200,000 no. miles. And the engine's not completely worn out, but they're having these turbocharger issues hmm. that are kind of coming in. And there's some other minor things, but that seems to be the number one complaint about the 6.7 is that they've had, and so I think it has an electronic wastegate. There's been some issues with that. Oh, so yeah. there's some, and other people say it's because of the def. So once again, um, they're saying there's that's, some sort of corrosiveness or something. injected after the turbo though, isn't it? It goes through the exhaust though. The yeah, exhaust side of the turbo. The turbo. Yeah, you're probably shouldn't. right. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I thought that was injected after the turbo. Is that injecting that in before the turbo? That would royally screw up the turbo. I'm not exactly sure how DEF systems work. Honest, to be honest with you, I've never messed with one. Oh, all, all my yeah, all my diesels have been old, <laughs> pre-DEF. So yeah, 
Um, my one has been. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're having these issues with them a little bit. So that's why the six seven. There's a lot of fanboys out there that say the six seven is the greatest diesel ever put into a Ford. You can make insane power out of it. You can do all this great stuff with it. Um, they're still using the six seven. It's become a tried and true true engine. It's been in production <laughs> now for ten years. Um, you know, one of the longest running uh, diesel engines that's been in a Ford for a while. But it's still because of some of those issues that are probably not on the fault of Ford. It's more of on the the fault of the emissions equipment and stuff yeah. that's got to go in there. So that's why it gets a third place. I get rid of the electronic wastegate, eliminate your def system, problem solved. All right. I mean, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you, man, but I'm not going to tell them people to do it because those fines, those million-dollar fines that you hear these diesel companies and other people, you know... So if one were to allegedly do this. Oh, exactly. Or steal that word from a TV show I've been watching a lot of lately. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I like it. Um, for fourth place, man, we got to go back to Brazil. Back to Brazil. Back to Brazil. Because I'm for it. I like the nuts. Brazil only since 2014 replaced the 3.9 um, 4VT Cummins with something else. And it's an engine that we have talked about on the podcast. Been a while now. It was a big factor in the... Uh, Ultimate Adventure, those number of rigs that were running them. It is the smallest engine ever to find its way into a Ford Super Duty. Cummins 2.8? You can get the Cummins 2.8. Dude, sweet. So the Cummins 2A i4 has been available since um, 2014, and it is in the F250. Uh, I found mixed information on that. Some sources were saying that it was only available with uh, two-wheel drive and a five-speed manual transmission. But hmm. um, others are saying no, that it is available in some of the larger trucks. So I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, information on the Brazilian version F250s is mixed online. So well, uh, on the plus side, you can buy that, convert it to four wheel drive, and you got a nice rig. You do, but it, <laughs> I mean, and you can build big, big power out of that 2.8 Cummins. Yeah. Um, the biggest problem now with the uh, the 2.8 Cummins, though, as we know in the swap world, and a number of people that are already putting them into Land Cruisers and Jeeps, there I mentioned toyotas for you uh you know mr <laughs> outdoors but uh we um we're seeing that they are having some computer failure issues in some mm. of them and um i'm now reading with the 2.8 cummins across the board in some of the swap situations and uh, over in some of the other vehicles are used in in uh eastern europe and stuff or eastern asia uh they're having some head gasket issues in that 160 170 thousand mile range right in there right, so just 6bt swap it and be done with it forget <laughs> it mechanical and, old school diesel reliable and there's a few <laughs> people that are saying that um no matter how big of a radiator they're putting on them they've had some cooling issues personally on ua i never saw a single one overheat mm -hmm. uh never saw any cooling issues with them the only 2.8 issue i saw on ua was a starter that the bolts came loose on the housing itself or something a uh, very minor quick fix yeah um, but uh they seem to be great little engines they huh. produce a lot of power they're not very noisy they're a heck of a lot See, i quieter. like that i i i like the idea of diesel and power but some of the old school ones are just so loud well that's the old oh. thing about the 4bt they say yeah. there's more failed 4bt swaps out there than there are ones that actually get finished or at least hmm. driven for a amount of time because they shake so badly and there's so much vibration with them that you know. My uh, my diesel swap shook a little bit, so I just I raised the idle just a little bit, and it almost completely went away. Well, that's so, what you need to do. That's yeah. good, man. Um, 
So yeah, that's uh, the two eight. Uh, that was one that was actually new to me. I had no idea that you could ever get that thing hmm. in the Super Duty. I thought that was kind of interesting. And that's it all these other countries get all the cool stuff, man. It really fair. is. It, it really not it, fair. It happens a lot. Yeah. Um, and so now uh, maybe you can do one more guess. Um, fifth place. I'm gonna throw the six eight out again. We'll all keep right. doing that till I get there. It. You go. Hey, the six eight Ford Triton V10. Oh, no, I got two now. <laughs> modular engine fifth place oh, three. um it is one of the longest lasting gasoline engine in the older super duties that we're starting to see you know from the 99 up to the 2010 range um they did discontinue it for a while in the super duty and then they brought it back as a heavy duty engine from uh 2016 to 2020 in the 650 and 750 hmm. Uh, we saw it throughout the Super Duty life. We've seen the two-valve and the three-valve head version. Um, Three? Wow. So they've had some differences there. And, uh, oh, going back to what I originally said, did I did I actually ever tell you how many different engines were available in the Ford Super Duty? I think, you, all, you, I think all you said was I got close. You got close. <laughs> all right. Well, so that's where I'm going to stop for a minute on the V10 in fifth place here. Did, did I go over? You went over. Uh, both estimates? Um, yes. Never mind. So, I do not win the showcase showdown today. Uh, exactly. <laughs> In the life of the Super Duty until now, from 1999, they have had 14 completely different engine hmm. architectures. 17, if you count major um, changes to the design of that engine architecture. And so the Ford V10 is one that counts as that because they completely redid the heads ah. um, on that engine. So there's been two versions. There's been the two-valve version and the three-valve version of okay. the V10 in the Super Duty I line. I think I'd count that as a separate. Okay, you count that as If a lot of the separate. parts won't interchange between the engines, I think I'd count that as a separate. Though. Now, would you count as separate um, different fuel sources of the same engine? Yes, because that changes the entire nature of the engine. Okay, so 19 engines if you count the fuel sources, because going back... That was the 601, wasn't it? Nope. Going back to the V10, from 2016 to 2020, in the F650 and 750 only, you could order the V10 as a gas engine, a propane engine, or a natural gas engine. So that would be three. Exactly. Huh? What? How do they make that work? Just different injection systems, and I, I don't know if the compression's different or not, but I know that the injection huh. systems are different on them. Interesting. So you could actually order it. So, like, fleets that were running natural gas and things like that. Yeah. You So they really wanted to get into the alternative fuels and that, that you know, for their medium-duty line at that point. I mean, I love the concept of an engine that can run different fuels like that, just changing parts of it out. That's kind of cool. I'm pretty sure the long block was the same engine, but, like, the intake would have been different from yeah. the different fuel sources. So hmm. you could order that engine for, like I said, from 2016, 2020, you could get... Gives me a crazy idea. Remind me in, in the next episode of the After Show, if I remember it. Okay. I'll I'll say, what's your crazy idea about the V10? Oh, no, there's nothing to do with the V10. Okay. It's got to do with the V6. We'll be talking about those eventually, maybe. Huh. Sorry. All right. I want to get out of that rabbit hole. Back to the so Ford now, engines. So <laughs> now, back to the Ford engines. We, we've we got a fifth-place runner-up, I'm calling this one. Okay. The fifth-place fifth runner-up, do you know why it would be a runner-up and what it would be? Is it a runner-short? Like a V9 or something? V8? 
V8. Hey! So the V10 <laughs> modular motor, the modular motor platform, and that's what they actually call them, mod motors. Nice. They weren't mod engines, although that would be the technical term. <laughs> the Ford mod motor platform was made in V6, V8, and V10 versions. So in the Super <laughs> Duty, you saw the 5.4 modular V8, and it is basically the same engine as the V10, just two cylinders chopped off. Nice. And the same deal. You saw that in a two-valve and a three-valve version throughout the uh, history of the hmm. Super Duty. But here's the deal. Both the V10 and the V8 have the same issues. Spark plugs spit out of the cylinder heads. <laughs> You've heard of that? <laughs> Where the threads go bad. They actually <laughs> yep. make tools and kits, helicoils coils to do it. Uh, we've used many, many a kit. At, at the dealership? Yes. Okay. So I, that that's why it's uh, a fifth place engine. That was the most un, one of the most unfortunate jobs we ever had to quote out there was spark plugs on those engines, because you didn't know what was going to rip out. Mm. And we, you know, you, you, we had a I don't remember the price range, but we had a range of the estimate it's going to cost between this and this, and we are not going to know until it's done, because we can't predict what's going to rip out. There's no way to prevent it. I mean, you could have one come out easy and the rest rip. Or you could have seven come out nice and easy, no problem, safe to reuse, and one that takes two hours to get out. Exactly. And I've seen the full gambit. <laughs> and from a reliability standpoint, they are known to blow out while driving on the road. I've heard that too. <laughs> and so that's if that happens on the side of the road, now you, you can usually still drive it, but now you're going, blah, 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 blah. you can hear that weird noise, the compression yeah. escaping. Um, and... The reason that you got to call the Mod V8, even though it has all... And then they also have been known for cam phaser issues. Mm. They've been known for uh, exhaust manifold cracking and leaking. We had one particular customer had to do all of this. You remember this. Okay. <laughs> now, the reason that we're calling the V8 the runner-up to the V10 is because the slightly less power available with the V8 seems to... It seems to show that they're wearing out a little bit faster because they're they have to work harder to push gotcha. the big heavy truck around. Um, there's probably today more early Super Duty trucks running around with the V10 in them than there are with the V8 in them. <laughs> and you know, I've known a number of people, uh, tradesmen, things like that, that they're putting replacement V8s in their truck at 180, 220 thousand hmm. miles. I know several V10s that are in the 280 to 300,000 mile range now. Now, most of those have had spark plug and manifolds done on them. Yeah. But they're still running. So that kind of gives you that. I wonder that. if that has something to do with the balance of the longer uh, crank. It could, but it and also you have two more cylinders, two, a little bit more power. Splits the difference. Like you're doing a, it's like we're doing a five tire rotation. You get 20% longer tire life out of that. Pretty much. Makes sense. That's exactly, it's a great analogy is huh. because, because of that. And, you know, the five fours that are wearing out, they're not typically blowing up. They're wearing out oil consumption, smoking really bad. They're just, they're just worn out engines. Now put it on the patch. It'll stop smoking. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, now we get into some oddball stuff here for a second. I can't even fathom a guess anymore at this point. Uh, all right. So well, I know there's a 6.0. I don't think we've talked about that one yet. We're going to get there. So sixth place. Sixth place. Uh, so we're not real real high in the reliability here. Um, we have to talk about the Caterpillar 3126-C7 diesel engine. I'm liking where this is going. So... <laughs> In the F650 and 750 only, when it was first introduced um, in 1999, 98 
introduced for the 99 model year, you could get a Cat C7 uh, diesel engine uh, in those medium duty trucks. Now, they were Caterpillar built some legendary workboat engines. They mm. built some legendary tractor engines. They, Besides their famous four-and-a-quarter cat that used to be in semis, they've never been really known for over-the-road engines. And, in fact, today, Caterpillar does not build over-the-road engines, oh. partially because of some of the problems they had with the Ford Super Duty line. They had a lot of wiring harness issues, which mm. is not really the engine itself, but it was the management system for the Cat C7. They had a lot of wiring harness issues. Glow plug relays would go bad on them. And uh, they would also be known for overheating and mm. early blow-by issues. A lot of them at fifty or 60,000 miles, you'd pull off the oil cap and it looked like you were at a vaping competition. Good Lord. So they just they were not a great engine. They, they're now discontinued. and It makes me feel better about my issues. They had a lot of <laughs> warranty issues, too, with those huh. C7 cats. And so um, they still run with a lot of blow-by for many, many miles. And they're kind of a gutless engine, especially if they paired them in front of the Allison Automatic that most of them had. Now, a number of those 650s and 70, 750s did get 6-7 speed manual transmissions. Um, they woke them up a little bit better. When you pair, paired that Allison with the um, the Cat, they just were kind of a dog. But like I said, we're not um, talking about performance here anyways, but reliability, that wiring harness failure, that glow plug relay failure, and then just the fact that they were worn out um, yeah. you know, really early. They're just... The reliability is just not really up there. Bummer. Um, and so we got to go then to what replaced that engine for seventh place. Seventh place, which would be a little bit less reliable, <laughs> is the Cummins ISB 6.7 turbo diesel inline six. I think I've seen one of those somewhere. Now, this was the 650 and 750 only again. Um, in the Super Duties, so the big medium-duty Super Duties. But here's the deal. That's the common rail 6.7 mm. Cummins, the one that in that era right in there, uh, which was right after the 24-valve and the 12-valve Cummins, um, they had a lot of problems early on with their emissions equipment, and they had gotcha. a lot of problems with... when And when they failed, when one of the injectors stuck open on those... It would wash out a cylinder, 1,000 PSI of uh, pressure, <laughs> and it was catastrophic. You sent a piston through a block. You sent a rod through a block. Damn. Um, when they die, they die. My neighbor's mega cab that's got an ISB 6.7 in it sitting behind his house with a blown engine. Um, What's he doing with it? it he, he'll sell it. You can talk to him if you want. Probably um, out of my price range, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd probably sell it cheap, but who knows? 100 bucks. Uh, not that cheap, but... <laughs> 200 Um Basically, and they're known for injector timing issues, um, and... I'm sure there's somebody out there, and if a listener wants to show us and show some uh, some sort of proof and throw it on 4x4 Talk and you want to prove us wrong or, or say, hey, I've got the exception, um, I personally have not seen a 6.7 uh, common rail, uh, the early first-generation one there, the ISB version, that has gone over 250,000 miles without some sort of major work. Hmm. So reliability for a Cummins diesel is sad. Yeah. And, and you know, and Cummins gets some knockdown points on this too because you know if it wasn't cummins you'd probably say well that's still a pretty good engine but cummins man you guys have done so good on everything <laughs> else so legendary for so long so that's why you, you get a handicap on this one i'm actually calling that yeah let's actually call that a seventh place handicap okay. so maybe that engine would be a little bit better up on the list but the fact of the matter that it's a cummins and it when it when it fails it fails so badly yeah so badly i, I kind of want to see one fail though <laughs> and it's just i mean and they just boom done 
You know, see what my I... neighbors died in Florida, and he had to tow it back here. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. So it just had the, he got this weird rattle, and like fifty miles down the road, it, it just blown oil out the to- tailpipe, and it just went boom, done. <laughs> so I'd be curious just just for kicks and giggles. Take one of those things, put it on a stand, and just get it into a runaway condition and see how long it lasts. Oh, heck yeah. Heck <laughs> that yeah. would be awesome. Oh, yeah, man. That sounds good to me. So now, I know we're getting down in our list here. We're getting down in our list. we got plenty of time still, John? Oh, yeah. All right, oh, yeah. all right. we got to talk about our eighth place. My one terabyte hard drive is half empty, so we got plenty of time. <laughs> okay. Um, the 6.4 Power Stroke V8 which is one of the shortest lived diesels to be used in the Super Duties. They only used it from 2008 to 2010. Okay, I've heard of it. It was a stopgap engine that was basically a warmed over, slightly improved. In some people, they say not so. But for the most part, mechanically, it was slightly improved over the 6 liter that it was replacing. And it was the first diesel, and it was kind of... the Ford and international were parting the 6.4 was still an international design but it still it had a lot of ford parts on it mm. and ford knew that they were going to be designing their own engines internally and that they were going to be moving over to the 6.7 series so the 6.4 is kind of a stopgap engine that they built for a while gotcha. built it for three um th- three years here 08 09 and 10 the biggest problems of the 6.4 though are all in the emissions equipment. It was the first year they used DEF on a diesel in a Ford. Uh, and they didn't have the DEF stuff figured out. Yeah. Um, once again, disclaimer, we're not saying that you should delete them, <laughs> but every deleted 6.4 that we've ever experienced, or that allegedly I've ever experienced, experienced. allegedly <laughs> experienced, that has, another disclaimer on this, has not been put onto a tuner that's been run in stock form it's still running pretty good. Hmm. Now, the 6.4, that's one of the reasons that a lot of the 6.0 guys and some of the other 6.7 guys and other stuff, they don't like the 6.4 is because um, they don't seem to respond as well to a tuner. As soon as they put the tuners on hmm. them, it's something with the injection timing on them was never quite set right. And a lot of people say that the uh, programming was set for the previous 6.0, oh. and it was slightly off for the 6.4. And a lot of people that blow up 6.4s are running them on a tuner. So, gotcha. you know, you really can't fault them for the tuner thing. But like I said, we're giving it that kind of like asterisk disclaimer here that the 6.4 um, is not a great engine. It's not a terrible engine. It's not a very bad engine if it's deleted. But once... So, uh, play a hypothetical here. Assuming it came from the factory, no emission stuff like that, and running a stock tune, would that bump it up your list at all? Oh, yeah. If it didn't have the DEF on it, it would have bumped it up the list for sure. And that's not a personal dislike for the DEF systems. Yeah. It's just saying that the DEF systems on that are what knows to cause problems. Yeah. Um, they cause uh, early EGR clogging, all sorts of stuff on them. So if they didn't have the DEF system on them, I bet the 6.4 would have been... In fact, the 6.4 might have continued up to today. Huh. Maybe with some minor upgrades. Yeah. Uh, I do know that they say the bottom ends aren't as strong as some of the 6.0 stuff they did. Um, so... You know, I'm, I'm not super knowledgeable on the 6.4s, but I do know, you know, just experience of flipping a few and, yeah. and seeing some different things. Uh, friends and, and reading, 6.4 is still our eighth place guy. <laughs> um, and like I said, don't run a tuner on them. You know, yeah. they're, they just do not respond well to tuners. They're, they're one of the Ford diesel engines that really has never responded well to a tuner. Um, 
going down then to ninth place has got to be the weirdest one on the list yet. An engine I'd never even heard of prior to this, and I had to actually dig into this engine quite a bit, only to find out that it's pretty rare, but it was actually offered in the Forge. Now, this is called the MWM-International 4.2 straight-six turbo diesel. Okay. <laughs> I've... It was only <laughs> available in the F-250 for the Brazilian market. Once again, Brazil and their weirdo engines yeah. in the Ford Super Duties. Um, and, well, I'm sorry, not mostly for the Brazilian market. They built a handful of them in right-hand drive to be imported to Australia, the UK, South hmm. America. Um, and so, but the, they were never really known as a super reliable or powerful engine at, at that. They're not a ripoff engine. They were a respectable international engine, but um, they are known for the heads warping and cracking. And um, the biggest knockoff, if we were doing a point system for reliability here, or at least usability, is parts are very scarce for them. I would imagine so. And so if you've got this engine that's a really oddball engine, and, you know, yeah, okay, so we already know it's got the, the head cracking warping issue. And now other parts, you know, whatever you have on it, alternator, water pump, whatever the case may be, um, I don't consider that reliability. No. I mean, you can have an engine that's the, that'll run a million miles, but if you can't get general maintenance parts for it, that's I consider problem. that a reliability issue. Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're scarce enough in the Fords to parts being, you know, if you're different parts of the world, you know, if you're in the U.S., good luck, not going to happen. <laughs> but they're even saying that even people who live in Brazil that own them or people who live in Australia that own them, parts are pretty hard to find. And I actually found Jeez. a blog online where a guy in Australia um, had bought one and everyone's like, dude, time, time, money, you're going to be better to either swap a 7.3 or a Cummins or something into it because you're not going to find parts for this thing when it breaks down again in the future. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, the blog post ended with him still not deciding what he was going to do, mm. but he was, he had started it out with, he had just fixed the warped head on it and then he was looking for a water pump and couldn't find one anywhere. Don't you hate when that happens? You come across this crazy good build thread or just thread and you know, it starts with the questions like, I really want to know the answer to this. And you get to the last post and it's like, so is there any update? It's like your favorite TV show being canceled yeah. without being, fin yeah, exactly. Yeah, or just in the middle of an episode, just to black. Like The Sopranos? Yeah. Which I've never seen, but I've Me heard neither. about it. <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that weird 4-2, um, I'd like to see one. Um, yeah. I'm sure I could Google some more images. I mean, I saw some pictures online and stuff, but I'd like to see one in person. I'd like to hear one run. One thing I did here as a side note, um, and I, I really have no nothing to go on but the word of other people that I saw in some forums online. They said it's one of the quietest running um, diesels, and it was also what was called a high-speed diesel. Um, oh, it, huh? Yeah, they, these apparently have a good operating range in that 3,000, 4,000 RPM, which you don't oh, get wow. a lot with diesels down no. here. Um, and they're supposedly a respectable engine um, in their own MWM-International is a respectable um, producer of engines, and they use them in other applications, but it just it wasn't a good combination for Ford. Yeah. Um, they had to do specific things to make it work for the Ford, and those Ford-specific parts, hard to find. Hmm. Not impossible, 
but you know, lo- long shipping fees and things, uh, heavy shipping fees, long shipping time. Yeah. I to me that's a problem. I'm not going to swap something into my rig, especially if I'm going to be driving it for work every day yeah. or or on vacation. I want to be able to get my stuff at AutoZone or yeah, absolutely. Wherever, you know, so that that was why I like a lot of my ideas with the stock builds is it's the best of stock, but if anything breaks, I can get it anyway. Oh, exactly. Yeah, so, you can just you can get it yeah. wherever you need to go. Um, and so now we're down to tenth uh, place. So we're getting pretty low on this list, and this is. Um, this is an interesting mention because this is another Brazil F two fifty only. Um, is the only V six ever offered in a Ford Super Duty? They've had inline sixes. That seems completely counterintuitive. They've had Super Duty. <laughs> they've had inline fours with the four VT and well, the two point eight diesels, yeah. but this is a gas V six. This is the four point two Essex V six. Hmm. Now, um, disclaimer on this engine. This engine was actually used in a lot of Ford vehicles, especially in Europe and South America. A lot of cars, they used it in Crown Victorias, they used it in police cruisers, they used it in all sorts of stuff. And it's actually a pretty good engine in light applications. The problem was is it doesn't have the durability to be pushing a heavy vehicle down the road, towing, hauling heavy loads. When you started really pushing these engines uh, and you overworked them, what you ended up with was same thing as the MWN engine. You got heads cracking, mm-hmm. heads warping, manifold issues, um, very short engine life, worn out, 80,000, 90,000 miles. So reliability on that 4.2 Essex um, in, and that's the disclaimer, in the Ford Super Duty, it's too small of a gasoline engine yeah. for the heavy truck. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like putting a 4.3 V6, uh, which is a great Chevy V6 engine, and then putting it in a one-ton dually crew cab and towing everywhere with it. Yeah. Will it do it? Yes. But, but not it, for long. Yeah, keeping in modern traffic and all that, it's going to be worn out after 50,000 miles. Oof. And it's going to be gutless, you know, yeah. in the big truck. It just doesn't have the the balls you need there. So, um, And like I said, it's the only V6 ever offered in the Super Duty. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, and so, you know, now we're down to 11th place. And this is where we had we have to kind of go we have to go off the rails a little bit. Eleventh mm. place, drum roll, whatever, <laughs> is literally any other non-factory engine <laughs> swapped in. Okay. All right. And the reason that I'm mentioning this is because the Ford Super Duty is a very very popular swap platform, specifically for the 12 fell 5.9 Cummins. Ooh. I like it now. <laughs> a lot of, because the 4BT was already in them, they the architecture's there. Yeah. And because they had other inline diesel straight sixes in them, the 5.9 is a beautiful fit into a Ford Super Duty. Yeah. But they never came factory from the from the factory. But there's a lot of them out there. I know there's a lot of cool valve covers you can get, though, that uh, make it look factory. Fummins uh, <laughs> yeah. from Chad at Quick Draw. Yeah. Um, there's Fummins Facebook pages. There's Ford Cummins swap groups. There's... Um, there's probably tens of thousands of these that oh, have been yeah. swapped in there. And that's probably, so it's kind of an honorable mention, 11th place. If it was, it would be a first place winner if they came in the factory. Yeah. Because the 12 valve Cummins is like this legendary reliability million mile engine. There's there's tons of them out there. Right that, up there with the 4 Exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's considered one of the best engines of all times. Yeah. And this is one of the best platforms to swap it into, or at least because it's so compatible. Yeah. 
and there's so many people that have done it, if they would have ever built one, we'd be bumped up to like first place. But because yeah. it's not a factory option, we can't give it first place, first through 10th. It's going to be our 11th place. Um, and then anything else, you want to swap a Chevy engine, you want to swap an old Ford 460, whatever, it'd be great. What about a, uh, a Detroit 171? I just saw a picture of that on Facebook. Oh, I yesterday. saw that too, yeah. That'd be a little underpowered. That would be cool. It'd be like though. 30 horsepower. <laughs> um, another honorable mention on that, they did put it, those international, like we talked about those oddball international straight sixes in them, but there's a number of people that have swapped the DT-466 medium-duty international uh, engine into the super duties now there's actually swap kits available to do it and it's slightly cheaper than doing a cummins hmm. um the, the plates the motor mounts and the cost initially of the engine are a little bit cheaper so it makes a decent swap yeah. so let's say we had to do the the all encompassing literally any other but we're not done yet oh there's more we're not done yet 12th place 12th place for reliability with a ford super duty would be pulling around a non-running truck with a horse or an ox. <laughs> what? What about a mule? What or about a mule? Thirteenth place. Well, any animal, any animal, <laughs> any sort um, of lifestyle. So your Amish version here, you know, <laughs> take the Ford Super Duty and pull it around with an animal. I like it. All I right? like it. We're still not done. Could could we get like a herd of dogs and do this? Uh, sure, you know, <laughs> sure. Like like Alaskan sled dog style. That would be awesome. So, I wonder how many dogs it would take to pull one. I don't know. Probably a lot. Yeah. So thirteenth place. I'm th not cleaning up after we try. Thirteenth <laughs> place. Uh, beyond our animal power that we have here, you know, our horsepower or whatever we have. Rickshaw style. Yep. <laughs> would be having literally no engine at all and sitting in a field <laughs> with the a tree growing through the engine compartment. Um, that I've, would be that would be your thirteenth most reliable, hmm. uh, you know, Ford Super Duty. But we're still not done. We we, we got to have our fourteenth place here. Our fourteenth place. Bottom of the lake. The bottom of the one. The very bottom bottom. Fourteenth place and least reliable engine ever offered in a Ford Super Duty. The Ford six point V eight. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's all right. Keep going. I got here right. now. That's awesome. Even less reliable than being pulled around by a horse or a tree grown through the or edge a tree growing through the engine compartment. And here's my reasoning behind this: is this engine is worse than having a non-running vehicle because if you own one, it is most likely, almost certainly, if you own one for more than like a month, it is going to damage you so badly financially <laughs> that you may never recover. All right. And, you know, I, this is where I said this is going to be controversial. These The 6.0 fanboys are going to come out of the woodworks on this. And they're going to be like, it's the greatest engine ever. It's the 6.0. It's the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if, if only you throw $20,000 at it, it'll be, and you bulletproof it, quote, unquote, bulletproof it. It's going to be the greatest engine. All right, here's the thing. There's no such thing as bulletproofing a 6.0. <laughs> it's been said. Guys are like, oh, well, if you put the ARP head studs in the ARP uh, rod bolts and you switch out the connecting rods and you uh, desmog them and you do this and you do this and you do this and you pay a shop 15 kind to 20 not the original engine anymore then well that's exactly <laughs> for reliability yeah um and it's it's really a 50 50 chance there's there's just there's so many that have had so many problems out there that there's just 
you know, yeah, if you don't put a tuner on them and you really drive them like an old lady, you still got a 50-50 chance of that thing, like, just dying on you Jeez. on the side of the road after 80,000 or 100,000 or whatever, so many miles. Um, and to back up my my bias on this, my belief on this, if you Google what is the worst diesel engine ever made, <laughs> immediately you get page after page of Ford 6.0. Nice. So it is literally the, one of the I worst. I kind of want to do that. Yeah, it is literally one of the worst engines ever made. Yeah. And here's where I I attribute the 6.0 fanboys to. Um, I may have said this on the podcast before, but maybe I haven't. They are in an abusive relationship. Okay, hear me out. Okay. They they buy these trucks and they're like, you know, oh, this truck is great. It gives me everything I want. It's got all this power. And this 6.0 loves me and I love it. And you know what? Maybe it hits me sometimes, but you know, I still love it. And, you know, may, maybe it runs out on me and maybe it breaks down on me all the time. But, you know, we, we still love it. And maybe, you know, it damages my, it takes all my money and steals from me. But, I, you know, we still love each other. They're in denial. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's all it is. You know, yeah, you can create stupid power with a 6.0. There's people that are doing it. There's people that are racing these things, and they're putting like seven, 800 horsepower through them, but they don't last. Mm. Reliability. So here's the deal. Sure, I will be the first to admit, you can build a heck of a drag truck out of a 6.0. And I'm not worried about reliability if I'm going down the quarter mile. Because if it blows up on the quarter mile, it goes back on the trailer and it goes back to the shop. <laughs> but if I'm going to drive it every day and I'm going to take my family down the road, or I'm going to haul a trailer, the horse trailer, or I'm going to go wherever. The 6.0 is a bad, bad, bad choice. There's more, yeah. you know, and you can find online story after story of families, especially when these things were new. Um, and it's the whole reason that Ford and International split ways. I mean, you know, where families would be, they'd put their brand new fifth wheel on and their brand new 6.0 Ford Super Duty, and they go out west and they're in Nevada, and all of a sudden it overheats, boom. Just yeah. done. I mean, they were just garbage, 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 garbage yeah. engines. And so that's what I said. You know, I'd rather have a non-running truck with a tree growing through the engine compartment <laughs> than, I mean, in reality, if I've got to drive something to work, a 6.0, whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm going to drive one. And that's why I'm making fun of it for you guys out there. Um, but, um, you know, we're having a little bit of fun with this list. Oh, and, yeah. But seriously, um, you know, in the bulletproofing thing, there's a number of people that they've gone through the whole bulletproofing thing and then all those parts have failed 100,000 miles later again. <laughs> There's something about it. There's just a gremlin, man. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. The, but, uh, you know, that is a comprehensive list of every single engine ever offered in the Ford Super Duty to today. Hmm. With that being said, of all those engines I mentioned, and I know you're, you're not a big Ford guy per se or anything, but you like engines and you like diesels and stuff like that. If you could have any of those engines, which one would you have, Out of John? all the engines you mentioned? Yeah. 5.9 Cummins. The five nine Cummins, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. But that wasn't offered in it. So any of the ones that <laughs> well, were you offered, said a bunch in, you mentioned. Okay, how about any of the ones that were in the Ford Super Duty? Uh, Let's say you were going to get that because all these engines were offered at one point or another in F two fifty. Oh, no, except, except for the I, Cat C seven and stuff. That was because I know there's so many of them. I'd have to go to seven three. You go with seven three. Yeah, just there's so many of them that they'll probably never stop making parts for those things or. You know, service kits, upgrades, stuff like that. I, I I am gonna disagree with you a little bit on that though. Oh. Because we have run it so I didn't mention some of the known Actually, problems with the 7.3. Now now that you say that, I remember back to the dealership days. Yeah, it's hard to find a stock flywheel anymore for those. 
Oh, is it? Yeah. At least when, when we were doing it, we we were able to source a couple, and then we had to start going aftermarket. I hear it's getting better, but right after the Ford International split for a few years there, Ford was just not... They were like, nope, you got to go to an international dealer. They, and there was yeah. like this thing where they were... There was probably some internal memos where they were like, we're not selling these parts or yeah. whatever anymore. Um, but the 7.3 is not infallible. Um, and, you know, compared to the 5.9 Cummins... The 5.9 is still a superior engine, mm -hmm. and that's because it doesn't have the the wet sleeves with the injectors, um, the oil-fired stuff. And the 7.3 is known for um, oil pound rust out. That's a common thing. That's what we dealt with a lot. And yep. H-pop lines leaking mm -hmm. and some of the things. So they're, they're really known for oil leaks. Now, that's not yeah. really a reliability thing. It just leaves a lot of oil everywhere. So that's yeah, kind like of... mine. <laughs> mine too it, it's it's a it's a nick off the old block there but disagreeing <laughs> with you on the parts i see what you did there nick what's... off the old block i don't get it engine block oh nice no whatever it went over <laughs> my head i'm sorry uh, <laughs> only once have i ever found with the four seven threes i've owned um a parts issue and i was leaving actually weirdly enough leaving an auto zone i'd gone in to pick up something else for a different project and i was leaving and all of a sudden, I lost power steering, brakes, all this and that. Pulled over. Hmm. My, uh, and I have HydroBoost. Yeah. Um, I had lost one of my idler pulleys. Oof. So I, w I was able to drive it with no power steering back into the AutoZone parking lot. And they're like, nope, special order only. We can get it so many days, whatever it was. Hmm. And I said, okay. So I called the Ford dealership. Nope, we don't, we don't sell any parts for that. Yeah. And then I called... Um, you know, CarQuest, Napa, stuff like that. Most of the places besides the Ford dealership could get me the part, hmm. but it was going to be four or five days. And so I went into my garage and I took a Cummins 5.9 pulley, which <laughs> was only slightly smaller in diameter, and mounted it on there, and it worked just fine. Nice. Um, however, that same pulley went on the blue excursion that I have now, and when I went to AutoZone again, this time they were able to get me it, but I had to buy it, as, and they had it in stock, but I had to buy it as the whole tensioner or something. Yeah, most of them do that. And so that wasn't too bad. I was able to do that, and it was like maybe 60 bucks. So um, I it seems like the aftermarket Chinese parts, whatever, are catching <laughs> up to that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. It's not infallible. Um, no engine is. Um, the mm -hmm. 5.9, in my opinion, Cummins is still up there at the top of the list. Uh, I personally would love a factory 4BT F250. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think, that, that would be, of the other options, that'd probably be a second choice. Yeah, for you? Uh, now that I think about it, it's really close to tie for first. I could see you driving <clears throat> around Excuse personally me. in a Ford Tropic Cruiser. Um, uh, what now? With a 4BT. What's a Tropic Cruiser? Brazilian version of the Excursion. I think it's called Tropic oh. Cruiser. Oh, Tropavan, Tropavan. Google it. You got it right there. Tropavan. Can you get a signal? Yeah. Yeah, the Ford Tropavan. And how I will. Do, how do you spell that? T R O R D. I got that. Yeah. T R O P I V A N. I think it's called the Tropavan. I don't have a note on it, but I've seen them oh, before. T R O P I V A N. Mm-hmm. Ford. Well, not, is it, is it coming Tropican. up? Tropican. It's it like self-corrected. It might be Tropican. No, Tropavan. Pretty sure it was Tropavan. Is that a three-door excursion? Let me see. Let me see if you got the right one there. Um, so, okay, so that's one version of it there. So they build... Huh. They, because of the... That's weird, but cool. I like it. I'm thinking of something else then. Maybe it's the Tropa Cruiser or something. Look up Tropa Cruiser or Ford Tropa something. 
They, so basically down in Brazil and stuff, what they do is to get around base, basic uh, vehicle and car laws down there, they take the F-250 and they build some weird bodies. They've got uh, excursions that don't have excursion rear doors. Well, it kind of looks like an avalanche. Yep, there you go. Yep, that's the one. What is that thing called? I don't know. I, I literally Googled Ford Trap is something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and that's got a car trunk on the back of an F-250. Tropical cabins? No. Oh, no, that's like an organization. Uh, but yeah, it's got a uh, car trunk on the back, and it looks like an avalanche. You could never get them in North America, but it's an F-250. It's actually a company that does it, it looks like. Yeah, they had to do them down there. They were all conversions. Yeah. So the company is Tropical Cabins. Oh, okay. This was... Oh, crap. I just skimmed over it. Where'd it go? Can't find it. F-250 sedan. The F-250 sedan. And that was to get around <laughs> various sedan laws and stuff like that. And it's got a weird grill That's and everything. That's kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. kind of reminds me of like... A, Almost like a Lincoln Mark LT meets a Chevy Avalanche. Yeah, it's kind of like something that you would drive if you're a big guy, but you want to drive a, a you know, a sedan, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. That'd be a tough call. It's kind of a weird vehicle. Oh, but it looks like you can get it with a stick. Yeah, you can. In. You can get it with a stick and a 4BT. So. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> what an odd thing to have in there, huh? Yeah, to say the least. Well, here's one of the challenges that I'd like to put out to our listeners hmm. there. Um, on 4x4 Talk, uh, if you've got any pictures, and of course you can Google them or whatever, but that what fun is that? Uh, if you've got the weirdest Ford Super Duty vehicle out there, uh, weirdest combination, you swapped in a weird engine, you know, if you've got a Keith Black 528 Hemi <laughs> with a blower, uh, we want to see it. You yeah. know, what, whatever you've got, the Ford Super Duty series is a very long running series now, 1999 to current. We're 22, 23 years into this thing. And they've used a number of oddball and great and terrible engines all at once. Um, uh, it's been a uh, an interesting platform. Um, or if you just have a super cool excursion or Super Duty, we want to see it. Mm. You know, we want to see what you what do you have and what's your favorite engine. Yeah. You know, let us know on Four by Four Talk. Yeah. Say so where where and how can they find that? On Facebook, it's a group. John, why don't you tell them about it? <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> what? You're better at it. Than All right. Me. So if you want to do more of this, check us out Four by Four Talk on Facebook. Just go right up to your search bar Four X Four Talk. Uh, that'll pull up our kind of community page there, communicate with other listeners and us. We do post and respond periodically on there. Uh, you can just a couple quick questions to get you onto that page. Uh, also, make sure to tune into our after show on Patreon. Uh, access those $2 a month, and we do have a whole bunch of free episodes right now. Patreon.com slash Radio, and you can check that out. Yeah, very cool. Um, you know, we didn't get into anything with you right now too much, John, but maybe we can do in the after show. Oh, yeah. You got any any other projects or anything before I uh, tell people where to find things with me? Uh, got anything going on personally there? Yeah, nothing, nothing I can quite share just yet. Just uh, garage reset. Uh, so getting back to work on Project XJ. So I'll have uh, some pictures of that hopefully soon here. I've got the, uh, the rocker tube mocked up on the other side, almost ready to weld in now. I'm glad to hear and that. And I can get my welder out again. So. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Project XJ on the road finally. And, Me too. Uh, that'll Me be, too. Uh, that'll be awesome to see. Yep. And uh, if you're interested in hearing more about 4x4s, I know this was not a 4x4 heavy episode. We were talking more about engines, but of course, most 4x4s do have engines. Um, so Except uh, your, your one that you prefer over the 6.0. Yeah, the, the tree <laughs> yeah. under the hood. So, uh, And that would be a, um, a big block of wood. 
But anyways. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. And uh, so anyways, uh, if you're interested in hearing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So it's a one cylinder engine? Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, if you uh, are uh, interested in hearing more about 4x4's 4x4 history, uh, we are both part of the Museum of Off-Road Adventure in Clay Township, Michigan. Um, we have a Facebook, Twitter, and an Instagram group for that, as well as Whelan. Uh, you can find us by searching for either Whelan or Museum of Off-Road Adventure. And uh, Museum of Off-Road Adventure always has some great things going on. We are open to the public by appointment only. Um, and check us out. So... Um, with that, John, say thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody. <laughs>